Lord God, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think as together we meditate on your word for us, on your will for our lives. Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer, the source of forgiveness and hope and grace and life and love in our lives. Amen. So we are, during this season of Lent, going through uh, the parables of Jesus. We're calling this series The Storyteller. Because Jesus really is a master storyteller. And this coming weekend, uh, as we begin these messages, and we'll, we'll unpack that just a little bit more. But tonight, what's really important as we look at this parable of Jesus that we just heard read, is that you understand that when you look at a parable, there's really three questions we need to make sure that we can answer. The first of those questions is, to whom did Jesus tell this story? The audience for the story is really important. For example, the story that we're going to take a look at tonight, if if Jesus had told this uh, to the woman who was washing his feet or to the disciples, it would have meant something very different than the person he is telling this story to. So we always have to ask ourselves, who is Jesus telling this story to? And then the second question is, in that context, what did he want that person or those people to whom he told the story to learn? What, what was he trying to teach them? What was he trying to help them understand? What, what mind shift was he trying to get them to make? But then, of course, finally, maybe most importantly for us tonight is, the question is, well, what does Jesus want us to learn? What can we learn from this story tonight? So with those questions in mind, let's turn our attention to this story. We're told that there's a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders of the day, one of the teachers of the law, one of the, one of the elite of the society of the day that was um, religiously based. One of them invites Jesus to his home for a meal. Now, as the story unfolds, we're going to understand why he wanted to invite Jesus. It's not that he thought Jesus was this great prophet uh, that he wanted to bless by giving him a meal. It's not that uh, he had heard Jesus' teaching and, and he wanted to, to, to connect more deeply with Jesus. Actually, what he was trying to do is he was trying to make up his mind about Jesus. He hadn't quite decided what to make of Jesus yet. He hadn't quite decided whether he thought this guy was legit or not. And so he thinks the best way is to have Jesus over and share a meal with him and observe him. He'll get a chance to to see whether he thinks Jesus is the real deal or not. Now, we're told that, that while he is, Jesus is there at, at the table, by the way, it was not uncommon in those days when there was an important person eating at an important person's house for there to be a gallery, for, for people to kind of join and gather around and watch the meal take place and listen to the conversations that were going to take place just to see what they could learn. And so we presume here a gallery has gathered, a a crowd has gathered around, and one of those members of the crowd is a woman. We're told two things about the woman that I want to make sure you notice. First of all, it says that she's a woman of the city. In other words, she's local. People know her. They know who she is. She has a reputation. Uh, People understand who she is. And then we're told she was a sinner. In other words, she was someone whose reputation was not a good one there in this town. 
We're not told specifically what her sin was, but, but we can guess. And so this woman comes, and as Jesus is reclining at the table, we're told she takes some, some costly ointment. By the way, a, a couple different commentators I looked at estimated that this, this ointment that she used for Jesus' feet would have cost somewhere around a year's salary. She takes this costly ointment, and we're told she crouches at Jesus' feet. She's weeping, and, and she uses the, 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 the water from her tears to, to wipe Jesus' feet, and she undoes her hair, which, by the way, was another thing a woman was supposed to, not supposed to do in public, but she's just so overcome by emotion. She undoes her hair, and she, she um, anoints Jesus' feet and washes, her feet with, washes his feet with her tears and with her hair, just an incredible act of humility and love and blessing. And she does it in this public place. She literally doesn't care who sees. She's just so overcome with emotion and love for Jesus. But the Pharisee's watching, isn't he? And when he sees this going on, he says to himself, okay, now I get it. I, I, I've accomplished exactly what I wanted to with this meal. I wanted to see if this guy was the real deal, and obviously he's not. Because if he was, he would never let this woman touch him. He would never let this woman get near him. The moment she came out of the crowd and approached him, he would have sent her away. The Pharisee thinks he has Jesus figured out. So Jesus says to him... Can I tell you a story? Because obviously Jesus knew exactly what he was thinking. Probably everybody in the room knew what he was thinking by just the look on his face. And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. And he, he tells a story about two men, both who owed money to a moneylender. And, and they owed a certain uh, amount of money, a denarii. Now that was about one day's wages. So one of them, Jesus said, owed about 50 denarii, a couple months of salary. The other owned far more, somewhere between a year and a half and two years' worth of salary. Both of them owed this to the moneylender. And Jesus tells this story, and he says, the moneylender, in, a, in a, um, an uncharacteristic uh, moment of weakness or of blessing or of gratitude or, or uh, of love, the moneylender says, you know what? You guys don't owe me anything. Forget it. Your debt is gone. It's paid for. It's taken care of. We're done. Banker says, you don't have to pay me. Just, it's, it's over, go ahead. And then, then Jesus says to the Pharisee, he asks him this question. He says, which one of these two will love that many money lender more? And, and, and the Pharisee says pretty easily, well, the, the, one that, the one that owed him more. And Jesus says, you're right. So back to our questions. First of all, who was Jesus telling the story to? He was telling the story to this Pharisee, right? This Pharisee who had kind of made up his own mind about Jesus. What did he want the Pharisee to learn? And, and what can we learn? Well, before we can answer that, I think we have to think a little bit more about what's going on here in the story. Think about it this way. Imagine that there's a continuum, uh, between bad on one hand and good on the other hand. And we're not, we're not talking about a single behavior. We're talking about a person, a bad person or a good person, okay? Obviously, where would the Pharisee put himself on this continuum? Somewhere up there, right? 
That's how he viewed himself. He, he, he believed he, he loved God. He was, he was right with God. He was working hard to please God. He was a, a pillar of society. He did the right things. He saw himself as being a very good person. And where did the Pharisee put this woman? At the other end of the continuum, right? He put her way on the other end. She's bad. She's a sinner. And if Jesus only knew it, he wouldn't let her anywhere near him, right? By the way, just a little aside, where would you put yourself on that continuum? Just think about that for a minute. Imagine that you were drawing that out and you were going to put yourself, draw a little arrow. Where would you put yourself on that continuum? Think about it just a second. My guess is most of you went right about there. I see a lot of nods and smiles and how the heck did you know that, right? It's what most people do. I think most of us would not say we're Pharisees, right? Most of us would not say, oh, no, yeah, I'm great. I don't even know why I'm here at church tonight, you know. I'm going to wash this ash stuff off as fast as soon as I can get out of here, you know. By the way, some of you have a little bigger space for a cross than others. I'm just observing that. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but most of us would say, I basically, I think I'm a good person. I, you know, I'm not a bad person, but, you know, I'm not great either. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle there, right? Somewhere in the middle. But see, here's the problem. And here's what Jesus was trying to help this Pharisee to understand. This is the wrong continuum. Yeah, you could put bad on one side, but according to God's standard, what goes on the other side of this continuum? It's not good. It's perfect. Jesus said, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the standard. So, so think about it for a minute. If the standard is not just be good or be a little bit better than the middle, be a little bit better than other people, if the standard is to be perfect, it doesn't matter whether you're there or whether you're there or whether you're there. Paul says this really clearly in Romans. He says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us fall short of the standard. We're all sinners. And so Jesus kind of recognizes this. There's a detail in the story that, that, that Jesus was hoping the Pharisee would pick up on. Did you notice this? In, in Jesus' story, the man that owed two months' worth of wages, or the man that owed two, uh, almost two years' worth of wages, neither one of them could pay their debt, which meant both of them were in big trouble with the moneylender. He could take their daughter as payment. He could take their land as payment. He could take their daughter and their land as payment. He could have them thrown in prison or into slavery. He could do any or all of those things. It was totally up to him because neither of them could pay their debt. They both fell short. Jesus says to the Pharisee, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Pharisee, right? Now, by the way, I think this statement shows that Jesus has the, uh, the gift of sacred sarcasm. <laughs> see, what Jesus is trying to help the Pharisee see is he's just like that woman. According to God's standard, Unless he's perfect, and, and even the Pharisee would have admitted he wasn't. 
he too is falling just as short. He just doesn't realize how much he owes God. And then Jesus turns to the woman. And did you notice this throughout this whole story? The woman's still been there. She's heard this whole conversation. She's being talked about, but no one's actually talking to her. And finally, Jesus stops. And he kind of leaves the Pharisee to wrestle through the story he just heard. And he looks at the woman, and I imagine just incredible love in his eyes. And he says to her, you're forgiven. Folks, Jesus says that same thing to you and I tonight. He, he looks at you and me, and he knows your faults and your failings. He knows how honest you were with yourself when you put yourself on that continuum just a little bit ago. He knows you've fallen short. He knows how great the debt is that you owe your God. And he looks at you and me, and with love in his eyes, he says, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. There is nothing you could have ever done in your life that Jesus hasn't forgiven. There is nothing you could ever do to separate yourself from his love. It doesn't matter how great the debt you're forgiven. So here's my question for you tonight. How much do you love Jesus? And the answer to that question is that the more you realize the debt you owe, the, 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 the more you realize that you've fallen short, the greater you love the Lord that has taken your debt away. I pray that God will bless you as during this Lenten season, you, you take some time to, to contemplate these stories of Jesus that we are going to study together. I, I pray that, that he blesses you as, as you every day take some time to go before him and confess your sins and, and hear again those words you're forgiven. And I pray that you would know beyond a doubt that you have a God that loves you dearly and that you would love him dearly in return. Amen.